on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. Not exactly the way you wanted to see things go today as the Brewers fall in Chicago by a 9 nothing score. The result of the game somewhat overshadowed by the fact that there was a benches-clearing incident when Andrew McCutcheon was hit by a pitch. That followed a number of hit-by-pitches from uh, Brewers pitchers to Cubs probably most notably, well, you know, two notable ones, and uh, Wilson Contreras, who's always, always, always in the middle of it, and then uh, also one to uh, Ian Happ, which took him down and took him down uh, pretty hard, and we'll see what happens with him moving forward. He has been a big force so far in this series. So, that's kind of where the focus is on this one, because uh, the benches didn't end up clearing from a baseball perspective. The Brewers just don't do enough from an offensive standpoint. They only have four hits in the day. Pitching-wise, they struggle Brandon Woodruff was not very good today. Uh, the bullpen was not especially good either, and they end up losing by a 9 nothing score. We have you for the next hour and 10 minutes, taking you till 6.30. If you want to join the program, you can do so. Multiple ways to get connected. You can call or you can text 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program if you would like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, for me, you, know, you have these games during the season. They get There's a little bit of a highlight on it because it's the second game of the season and you're 0-2 and some of the issues that have existed previously with this team uh, specifically from an offensive standpoint they are there right now so I, I understand where looking at this game and being frustrated obviously makes a whole lot of sense I do think this continuing saga of hit by pitches between the Brewers and the Cubs it just it won't go away and when you look at what has happened between these two teams over the last few years when it comes to hit by pitches i mean there's now since 2020 the two teams have exchanged 53 hit by pitches 53 of them that's a lot now uh, Craig Council said this, and we'll hear from Craig Council coming up later on in the program, of all the hit-by-pitches in the game, and there were a number of them. There was, what, one, two, three, four. There were five of them, three from Brewers pitchers, two from Cubs pitches. Uh, there, was, there was only one. There was only one that looked to be on purpose, and that was the Andrew McCutcheon hit-by-pitch, and that's what resulted in the benches clearing. Outside of that... I don't. When Christian Yelich was hit by a pitch late in the game, that wasn't done on purpose. When Madrigal and Contreras and Hap were hit by pitches by the Brewers, none of those were done on purpose. It gets it gets very frustrating, especially with Wilson Contreras, because the guy is in on the plate, and his first move when a pitch is coming inside is to actually position his body in a way that he's more likely to get hit by the pitch. It is, and we've talked about this over and over and over and over. It is, it is ridiculous. It is clownish. It is clownish that he does everything in his power to get hit by pitches, and then he gets all upset when it happens. It makes no sense. If you're getting hit by pitches as often as he is, and you're not in on the plate, if you're doing everything you can in your power to get out of the way of pitches, then the frustration would be warranted. But when you approach it the way he approaches it, 
it's a joke because he's doing everything he can to get hit by a pitch, and then he gets upset about it. It's it makes no sense. It is frustrating to watch, and it's it's never going to change. That's who this guy is. It's who he's always been. It's who he always will be, and it will continue all season long. And this the hit by pitch today by Contreras against the Brewers. It's not going to be the final time that he's hit by a pitch by a Brewers pitcher or. And he's always among the league leaders in hit-by-pitches, and there is a reason why. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Craig Kishon's going to join us in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, we'll get into Brandon Woodruff. He had a hard time today, and he had a hard time during the spring. What do we make of that? We'll discuss it in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra after the Brewers fall short to the Cubs 9-0 on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Crowd getting loud here at Wrigley. 3-2 pitch. Missed high, and it's a bases loaded walk for half, and the Cubs take a 1-0 lead. Tough one today for the Brewers. They fall to the Cubs by a 9-0 score, an 0-2 start for the Brewers. That's not good news, but the good news is there's uh, there's still a few games left in the season before all is said and done. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's get our first phone call of the 2022 season. Jim is in Oconomowoc. Hey, Jim, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening you're on wtmj hey thanks much i hope you can hear me yep okay good uh my question is is the move that Contreras makes at the plate illegal that's a good question and appreciate the phone call by the letter of the law i think if you depending on how you want to interpret the rule i think you could make the argument that yes because the rule states that you have to attempt to get out of the way of a pitch, right? And he is moving, and it, right, he's moving, but he is not attempting to get out of the way of the pitch. Now, no uh, umpire is going to, like, maybe you see that once a year, maybe once a year, where an umpire determines that a hitter did not make a legitimate effort to get out of the way of the pitch or or a hitter actually you know lunged into a pitch and they do not award the hit by pitch you just don't see that so by the letter of the law i think you can make the argument that yeah in, in many ways what he is doing is against the rules probably isn't the right way to say it but you could make the argument that he should not be awarded the hit by pitch based off the fact that he is clearly not doing anything to get out of the way of said pitch but you're not going to see umpires not call that you're just not and if you're a pitcher and you put a pitch anywhere where a hitter can without really you know taking an actual step forward if you put a pitch anywhere where a, a hitter can find a way to get hit just by kind of moving that elbow in you're at risk of issuing a hit by pitch it's a it's a tough thing i think there's been a number of strikes that have hit contreras 
pitches, you see this every once in a while, if you're on social media, if you're on Twitter, every once in a while you'll see a pitch that looks like it is headed towards the strike zone, yet Contreras is able to get his elbow into it. And that makes it really tough because hitters like Contreras, you have to pitch inside to be able to get them. You can't just you can't just allow a hitter to take half the plate away from you. As a pitcher, you are most successful when you're using both sides of the plate. So when you're facing off against a, a Contreras, you want to be able to pitch inside, but you have to do it so delicately and so carefully because literally there be time there will be times that you might throw a strike and that strike is going to be is going to find a way to hit him in the elbow. So yeah, it's a it's a letter of the law versus enforcement of the law sort of deal, and it's a good question. But it's just it's the bottom line. Like I always say, if if the speed limit somewhere is sixty miles per hour, but everybody goes eighty, and the police never ever 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 stop anybody and never give a ticket, well then the speed limit's eighty. That's that's essentially what it is. It's not the letter of the law. It's what's actually being followed. And so by the letter of the law, maybe. But what's actually being followed, no, probably uh, probably not. Uh, Brandon Woodruff struggled today. There's no, there's three and two-thirds innings, seven runs on six hits, had very little command in the first inning when he gave up three innings. We go into the numbers a little bit on his pitches, especially that four-seam fastball. He threw uh, 24 fastballs, four seamers today. He only threw 63% of them for a strike. Now, that might sound okay, but when you're talking about a four-seam fastball, you want that number higher than, um, th- than where it was at. Uh, 64% for strikes. I think I said 63. 64% for strikes. The more alarming number there is of the 19 swings he got on his four-seamer. He only got four swings and misses. Everything else was they were making contact. And that's, that's not something new either for Woodruff. As good of a pitcher as Brandon Woodruff is, if there's one knock on him, it's that when he gets two strikes on somebody, at times, if he doesn't have all of his pitches working, especially the four-seamer, at times he has a hard time getting that third strike because guys can go make contact with a lot of his pitches. And that was certainly the case today, and the pitch count got up. Now, from a bullpen perspective, they went to a bunch of guys that are that's kind of the B group in the bullpen. That's not going to be the group that is going to be pitching in, in a lot of games that you're winning for the most part. Um, so may, it doesn't hurt the bullpen too terribly much as long as they're in a winning position tomorrow. But pitchers today threw a lot of pitches. Brandon Woodruff was at 89, Urena at 26, Gustave threw 30, got through 24, Milner threw 15. There were a lot of pitches thrown today uh, by Brewers pitchers. Luckily for the Brewers and for every other team in Major League Baseball, there is an expanded roster here to uh, start the season coming off the short spring training. All right, another break. When we come back, Craig Kashan from Bally Sports Wisconsin is set to join us. Brewers fall short against the Cubs, 9-0 at the final. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 3-2 pitch, there goes the runners. And it's a fly ball into right. Playable for Renfro. Broke back, now the run playing tricks on it. Racing in and makes the catch for Hunter Renfro. And that ends the inning. Tough inning for Brandon Woodruff. 
Nine nothing. Brewers fall in Chicago to the Cubs. An zero and two start to the season. In the first game of the year, the Brewers hit well. They didn't score runs well, but in terms of actually collecting hits, they hit well. Today, they do not hit well. They get just four of them as a team. They're hitting two thirty through the first two games of the season. Let's bring in Craig Kishan from Valley Sports Wisconsin. And Craig, we can talk all we want about what happened uh, in the game uh, in terms of actual baseball play, but it's hard to uh, look at this game and go much further further than all the hit-by-pitches and eventually Andrew McCutcheon clearly, clearly, clearly being thrown at and that resulting in the benches clearing here in game number two of the season. Well, at least we had something to talk about there at the, <laughs> at the end of the game, um, as it turned out. But there is, uh, there's a lot. I mean, right now um, there's some erratic pitching uh, going on, uh, especially on the Brewers, and it seems to me this stuff – just out of character on some of the uh, hit by pitches and just lack of control here right now. And I, I think clearly that's um, that's maybe the biggest surprise here so far. Um, I, I think as a whole, we were talking about this on our on our side of the broadcast, Matt. The the whole hit by pitch thing and this um, this rivalry, if you will. I mean, since 2020, uh, both these teams have combined to hit each other 52 times, and it's been seven times already here. Uh, in the first two games alone. So very few of that is intentional. We, we definitely saw it today. I think the Brewers hit by pitch, and you know you, anybody can say what they want about taking signs and whatnot. I mean, I, I'm not a big on doing that, um, but uh, there's been very erratic pitching, uh, uncharacteristic erratic pitching by the Brewers so far in this one. Yeah, I get frustrated with Wilson Contreras because he's he's – He's trying to get hit by pitches, and then he complains about it. Yeah, I, I don't like that at all. And, you know, I, I heard you a couple of minutes ago, you know, just bringing up the subject of you're not supposed to lean into the uh, arena over the plate and, and get hit by pitch. It's up to the umpire to, you know, make his discretion on whether or not, you know, that should be a hit by pitch or not. And, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I've I've seen it, if ever. It's just, it's just that rare. Um, but uh, you know, complain about it uh, the way that he does, like it's a big surprise to him. Is that that's the irritating part because that's that's not the gamesmanship and the sportsmanship uh, about baseball. And it's really say what you want about being competitive. It's it's uh, it's pretty petty and it it's a uh, it's getting old, if you ask me. It and. The way they responded, because they they throw at Kutch, miss, and then right like, uh, throw a throwaway pitch in between or something like back to back pitches going after them. There, there's no way that anybody can argue that that was anything but intentional. Yeah, no, it was, and uh, um, it 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 wasn't executed uh, very well. And and I do agree uh, with with you know Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, he's been around a long, long time. Uh, should he be a uh, a continual pitch by pitch target until you get uh you hit him and now you feel good about that i mean that's that's pretty stupid if you ask me i, I agree there's different ways of of executing getting your turn in and and sometimes that's all it boils down to you got us a few times and we're going to make sure we finish this game by getting you but the execution of it is is very questionable and it it it's kind of petty to be honest with you Brandon Woodruff did not have a great spring. His non-great spring was more connected to 
giving up home runs and anything else, but he had some control issues in the spring as well. And then today, obviously the control issues were there. He was behind in the count a lot, especially in the first inning, uh, giving up the three runs. He gives up seven runs on six hits, three and two-thirds innings. He said, Craig, after that last spring start, that he wishes that he had two or three more starts in the spring, that he didn't feel ready. And I guess in a way he kind of backed that up with the way he pitched today. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, this is the thing I, I think that's hard to understand for, for baseball fans here is, yes, you, you don't want to start out 0-2, but it's certainly not the end of the world. But uh, a lot of pitchers are clearly not themselves right now. And it's uh, obviously we focus on what we see out of the Brewers, but it's it's that way across baseball right now. Some pitchers are ready and some pitchers aren't. And it's the reason that you get that length of time in spring to get to get ready that, you know, four weeks of spring training games and six weeks of being down there um, is for pitchers. I mean, make no mistake about it. And and I think Corbin Burns a little bit might have been on that same page uh, the other day as well. And, and I think the other thing that I, I want to bring up too, Matt, is I, I think this pitch com um, is still a little bit um, unsettling. They're not used to it yet. I think it could potentially be throwing off um, the rhythm of some of these starting pitchers out there. And, and I think part of what's throwing them off, um, they'll tell you, the pitchers will, that it, you know, having the, uh, the, the quick sign now audio-wise coming to them gets them ready to pitch the ball. And now the batters are asking for time, and they're being granted that time, even though they're in the batter's box and ready to go, the thing that's puzzling to me is Pitchcom was supposed to um, increase connection. Obviously, the, the, the sign stealing is, is big on that list as well, but it was also to kind of pick up the rhythm of the game a little bit here. And if umpires are going to give batters um, timeout every single time they want it, where's, where's the pace of the game going? It's going right back, maybe even getting worse. So... There's some kinks to be worked out there, and, and I think I think maybe a little bit with some of these guys just not being used to that technology yet. Um, you know, it's something they're either going to have to get used to, or they're going to have to abolish and go away from and, and go the old route. Here's what I don't get on Major League Baseball's decision to implement this: it was done so quickly, and on all uh, yeah, these rule changes that they're going to eventually implement. They always, te- you know, first you test it out in the independent leagues that you have an affiliation with, uh, and then you put it into the affiliated minor leagues at like the, the, the low A and the high A level, and then you push it to double A and triple A, and eventually gets to the big leagues. I was, I was broadcasting triple A baseball seven years ago, Craig, and the pitch clock was there seven years ago. It has not yet arrived to Major League Baseball. It's probably going to finally get here next season. So we're talking, years and years and years of testing these things at different levels and as far as i know and if somebody if i'm wrong on this somebody can certainly correct me i don't remember this pitchcom technology being tested at any other level and now they're trying to implement it on the fly at the big league level you know you're going to run into kinks when you're doing it that way yeah and 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 i i hope they are prepared to you know, iron things out, uh, make some adjustments. I, I think with anything new that's implemented, though, uh, adjustments come. I um, mean, it, it's just that way. Um, and I and I don't know how to answer your concern other than 
perhaps because of the technology itself on the major league level, this is really the only way that they can do it um, consistently. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, you know what it comes down to with, you know, with expense and capability, um, having the ballparks ready for it, having the, you know, it's on, it's some on, on a, uh, a wireless connection. So there has to be some signal um, that is ensured not to be cut out or tapped into. And, and I think perhaps that might have something to do with why they're doing this solely on the major league level. Yeah, you're right. But at the same time, it's not like Major League Baseball owners are hard up for money. If they wanted to go to every single AAA ballpark and install this system, I think they could afford it. Yeah, no, they, they probably could. And, and again, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but it is, um, I, think, I think clearly it's, uh, it's had something to do with uh, Corbin Burns' start, and I think it's had something to do with Brandon Woodruff so far. But I'll also say this. If anybody's going to jump on technology, if they think it's right and it's going to help their team, especially their pitching staff, I know the Brewers are going to be first in line for that. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right in, in saying that. Um, I always struggle. Like These early shows, I love doing these shows. I love being on the air. I love talking about the Brewers. But these early shows, especially when the team is struggling in a certain area, these tend to be my least favorite shows to do because you're, you're only presented with what you have here through the first handful of games of the season. Today is the first two games of the season. So we're, we're forced to talk about the issues that are there, but at the same time, we don't know if they're actually issues or not. The team is struggling with runners in scoring position. They did not. They hit one for ten in the first game. They go zero for three today. But it's two games, so we don't know, Craig, if this is once again going to be a theme for this team. And if that's the case, that's not good. Uh, so we don't know if it's kind of a continuing thing or if it's just the first couple games of the season. I have a very hard time really grasping on the big picture issues when we're talking the first two games of the season. Yeah, I get it. I mean, that's, I think that's part of the, um, the fan and the love of the game that we have. Uh, you know, we've, we followed the team's changes during the offseason, uh, and there were, you know, plenty of changes for a club that was still returning quite a core group of people, especially that, um, especially that pitching staff and, and the optimism. And we're, we're not seeing what we thought we were going to see in the first two games. I mean, um, the Brewers are supposed to open at, at home on March 31st, and they're going to play the first week on the road. And we didn't expect to see what we see out of the Cubs. I, I said this, uh, you know, uh, you can't count the Cubs out when you're predicting what's going to happen in your division. And, and I think part of that out of the gates, what we're seeing is they're, they're being patient, they're being methodic, and they're, they're being more consistent right now um, at the plate and out on the mound that the Brewers are doing. And I, and I think part of that adds to the frustration a little bit, too. But I, I think the bottom line is it is we're, we're only two games in. And um, I think there are some tremendous things yet to come for this club. Uh, get a win tomorrow and we'll feel uh, that much better, that's for sure. Well, Burns threw, I think, what was it, 83 pitches in the first game. Brandon Woodruff throws 89 today. Even in a normal season with a normal link spring training, we don't see starting pitchers this early in the season hitting those kind of numbers. You see a lot of 75s, 80s. Now, 
Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are obviously different type of pitchers. They're upper echelon guys. Burns is uh, the defending uh, Cy Young Award winner. So we don't really count those guys just like everybody else. But are you at all surprised that we have seen fairly elevated pitch counts in the first appearances of the year from both those pitchers? Um, You know, that's a good question. Um, I I would like to say no, uh, even even though we just discussed that some of these starting pitchers still need a little bit more time before they they get into a rhythm where they they're they're feeling comfortable actually pitching in a major league game rather than spring training at this point um but i i i think this matt i i don't think there's any question about it these two pitchers and and freddie peralta as well this is the time now to take this next step into being you know a veteran successful pitcher and and i think the brewers expect these guys to do this right out of the gates now. I mean, Woody made uh, 30 starts or 32 last year. I mean, that's where you want to be for a top-notch elite pitcher. Uh, Pretty close for Corbin Burns as well. He wins the Cy Young Award. And then you're expecting even more out of Freddie Peralta this year, who had a a great all-star season, you know, a year ago. I, I think, I think this is what you say, come on, big boys, let's go out there and do it. You know, we've, we've, you know, brought you along the last few years and we've reached our goals. Now this goal here is right out of the gates. I, I think, you know, if these guys continue, you know, to excel, I mean, we're going to be seeing, you know, these starting pitchers, especially these three guys, reach the, should be the seventh inning rather than the fifth or sixth anymore. They they need to take this next step, build up the innings a little bit more, go deeper in the games, kind of take control of these games and, and make it more in their hands. And, and I think we saw that with Woody in the first inning today. I mean, 40 pitches that that's just unheard of for him. And most pitchers maybe would have been yanked after that inning alone, just making it through that far, if not before that inning was up. And then he went up there and uh, lasted, you know, almost through five innings here this game. Freddie Peralta goes tomorrow. The Brewers never lost a series against the Cubs last year. They don't want to lose many series against them this year. Peralta is going to be pitching for an opportunity to at least put the team in position for. Actually, never mind. It's, I was thinking four game series. The game got rained out. So what am I saying? They, they've already lost the series. But Peralta trying to avoid the sweep uh, coming up tomorrow. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, Freddie looks uh, obviously a 180 from what we've seen, you know, out of Burns and, and Woodruff out of the gates. Uh, and it's it's certainly something you would expect to see uh, get out there and do his thing. It's going to be it's going to be quite a pitching matchup tomorrow with Marcus Stroman going out there making his Cubs debut as well in in Game Three for them. But uh, I, I'm looking for for big things uh, from Freddie. I think he had a yeah, I think he had a, a probably the best spring out of these three. I know Corbin Burns finished, you know, pretty strong, um, but it's time for Freddie. Um, and and uh, let's go get him on Sunday afternoon. If if somebody can deliver it, you you don't want one of your big three to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Craig, good stuff. We'll uh, we'll look forward to our conversations throughout the year, and we'll talk to you again uh, coming up tomorrow. Sounds great. All right, there's uh, Craig Kishan joining us here on Brewers Extra. Yeah, I, it, 
the game got uh, the game got canceled yesterday or got postponed, I should say, and it was originally a four game series. Now it's a three game series. It was stuck in my head. Four games. It's a three game series. So after not losing a uh, series to the Cubs last year, they end up losing the opening series, and now they'll just be trying to uh, salvage a game coming up uh, tomorrow afternoon before they are going to head to uh, Baltimore for a three game series, which will begin on Monday. All right, another break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll continue to chat. If you want to join in and uh, chime in on what happened today, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley. If you play behind Justin Steele, you have to love his pace. He gets the ball and throws. Once he pitch, one on line, center field, falling fast and in for a base hit. Hard hit on a hop played by Jason Hayward, and Adamas will stop it first. He's got himself a leadoff single. 9-0, the Brewers fall to the Cubs. Brewers are 2-0. Tough day offensively for the crew. They come up with just four total hits. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Let's grab a couple uh, text messages. Doug, good to hear from you, Doug. I'm sure we'll be chatting and uh, maybe... Uh, conflicting throughout the course of the year, but that's the uh, that's the fun of this. Doug text in says, "I must be having deja vu. So all of this last year can't hit left-handers early yet, but if it keeps up, won't go far. Middle relief, Urena and Gustave, not too impressive. Hope that this improves. So yeah, the the hitting left-handers thing was an issue last year. I'm gonna keep saying this. You're gonna get sick of hearing me say this. We just don't know what's real and what's not real at this point. I do think I do think that when there were issues that. Exist existed last year and we see those issues existing at the beginning of this year it makes it feel like they're more real because it's it's almost a continuation of what we saw last season but this is a new team there's new players there's new coaches involved especially from a hitting standpoint with uh, three new voices and, and sets of eyes that are, are looking at everything that's going on so we'll see how that works out but you're right about struggling against left-handers last season, especially from a win-loss perspective against left-handed starters. It was not great last year when compared to what they did uh, against uh, right-handers. As far as the middle relief, again, the guys who pitched today, uh, they're, that's not your core group of relief pitchers. And we know what the Brewers have for the 8th and ninth in Williams and Hayter. We probably know what they have in the 7th, 8th, and ninth when you add Boxberger in there. We know what they have in a Brent Suter, a guy who's a very uh, strong middle relief pitcher. Outside of that, you don't. It's, it's going to, as it is with just about every team in baseball, there's a bit of a revolving door when it comes to a lot of young relievers, and you see who sticks and you see who doesn't. And one performance certainly does not uh, make a season or destroy a season, but that's... Um, those are the guys that are kind of that second group, and it's on them to pitch well enough to essentially keep their jobs for more than anything else. Um, Mike in Colorado texting in says, less than the impressive start uh, we were hoping for, and of course it has to be against the Cubs too. Yeah, and, you know, the, the other this is where the lockout actually is impacting the win-loss record for the Brewers because they were supposed to be opening up their season at home. They were supposed to have games against the Diamondbacks here to get the the season started, and you just feel like 
it, it might have gone a little bit differently if the schedule would have played out the way the schedule was originally to be, uh, be played out. And Craig Kishon said something that I think is worth mentioning. It's only two games, and, and let's not forget last year the Cubs stuck around for a while. And if you remember, kind of one of the big narratives about the Cubs, like a month before the trade deadline last year, was guys openly talking about trying to prove the front office and prove the organization wrong and stay in it and almost force the hand of their front office where they might have to actually buy at the deadline and not sell. And then almost immediately after those comments were made, I'm having a hard time remembering who exactly made those comments, but very shortly after they were made, it just went all downhill and went downhill very, very, very fast for the Cubs. So they stuck around. But I think the point that Craig Sean made earlier was right. Those are impressive at-bats that the Cubs are having. They've got a really nice approach. They're forcing pitchers to throw strikes. When they're getting pitches to hit, more often than not, they're taking advantage of them. Yeah, you look at the lineup, and yeah, there are some names in there that you know, but this is not the Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant-led Chicago Cubs. This is a bunch of, for the most part, younger guys, and at least for the first two games of the season, I have been somewhat impressed with what uh, they have been able to do at the plate. Hopefully Brewers pitchers can do a little bit more against them coming up tomorrow. All right, we'll take a break for the news. That will begin in two minutes, and then we'll be back with the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. After that, this is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Line through the right side, Yelich pulls it through the shift, base hit. Over to second goes Adamas. He will hold up there. Right fielder Suzuki got on it in a hurry. So back-to-back singles to begin the fourth on two very loud pieces of contact there by Adamas and Yelich. 9 nothing. Brewers fall to the Cubs. They are 0-2. Welcome back into the program. If you'd like to join us, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. He met with the media just a little while ago, and as you might expect, he opened up his thoughts talking about the performance of starting pitcher Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, I think the first two hitters, he was he was out of rhythm, kind of with everything. Um, and then I don't, I don't, I don't think he had his breaking ball necessarily. So it it, it led uh, it led to some long at bats essentially. Um, and I think they did they did kind of they did a good job picking up on it. And when he did throw a breaking ball, it was they, you could you could just kind of sense that they saw it was out of the zone, kind of a ball out of hand type breaking balls. Um, so they you know they made him throw a lot of pitches at inning because of that um and um you know he, he obviously issued some free passes with some long at bats too is that steel no i mean he threw it I mean, he threw it up in the zone. I thought, well, that's what he does. I mean, um, it's, a, it's a tough pitch up in the zone. It's a good pitch up in the zone. He got it up there a lot enough. Um, and, then, and then slowed us down with the slider. But his, his fastball up in the zone is a good pitch. Craig, I'm Woody again. That, that starts to get danger zone, right? When you get up around 40, was he sort of at? Yeah, we were, I mean, yeah, we, we, we had made a pitcher ready to go. Yeah. Is that even his last battery? Um, we had a tough decision if Wisdom got on. 
how about he rebounded that? Yeah. That second inning. Um, yeah, he had a quick second inning. Um, I, I thought his thought he got his changeup going uh, to some of the lefties, and he, he did throw a couple good breaking balls. Um, but just not, a, he just wasn't as crisp as we've we've seen. Did it seem like early on he just had a tough time kind of establishing the fastball first strike? I, I think the first two, you know, the, obviously the first hitter, uh, I think his two-seamer was, he left his two-seamer out away um, a bunch. Um, but I, I thought his fastball got going pretty good. You just get, you get boxed in as a pitcher if you don't have, if your breaking ball is not working. And the, the, just the seven walks total Yeah. Day, you know, like, yeah, I mean, on a day like today, it, I mean, you know, on a day like today when it's, it's it's tough to hit a homer like you know you walk people and you're you're asking for trouble um and and you know the, the game result showed that this hit by pitch stuff is becoming pretty regularly regular between these two teams what's it going to take to like break that cycle um yeah i don't i mean I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, I don't, I don't think there was any intent on anybody's hit by pitches today except for one, or, the, or there wasn't. And I think, I think both sides will tell you that. The bench is only clear when there's the bench is clear when there's somebody intentionally thrown at, and that's what happened today. What if, what if that level, though, like, that must be very concerning at this point. Series the first series against those guys that's been going on the last couple of years now. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, we play them a lot. Yeah, we play these teams in your division a lot. That's manager Craig Council, and uh, he he kind of downplays the uh, the impact of uh, all the hit by pitches. Um, yeah, but obviously it's something that I, th- I think is frustrating to uh, to everybody as well. I mean, you saw his reaction when when it happened, and everybody's reaction. I do think he's right. the The bottom line here is there were a lot of hit by pitches today. There was only one that was clearly intentional, and that was the one to uh, Andrew McCutcheon. And the fact that it didn't until benches cleared. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but until benches cleared, it certainly did not seem like uh, there was going to be an ejection in that game. And eventually, uh, eventually, uh, Keegan Thompson uh, was thrown out of the game. But it it took the the benches to clear. In my opinion, that's that's so clearly done on purpose. And, and maybe this did happen, and I just missed it. I, I need to go back and look at it. When when the hit by pitch occurs, the umpire should point at McCutcheon, point at first base, point at the pitcher, throw them out, all in one thing. That should be done in less than two seconds, and I didn't see that happen. Um, and I don't know if that means that they were not planning on. And I know that warnings had not yet been issued, but warnings don't have to be issued. Uh, so I'm not quite sure why, if, if it is as clear and intentional as that was in that moment, you throw him out. Now, if that first pitch would have hit McCutcheon, maybe you don't throw him out because it, it doesn't, it's not as, it's still done intentionally, but it's just not as obvious. Uh, but yeah, I don't understand why that wasn't all done in, in one thing. All right, uh, when we come back, we will go back through the game with the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 
Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 9-0 the final as the Brewers fall to the Cubs. Starting pitching matchup today. Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the Brewers while Justin Steele gets the start for the Cubs. It would not go well in the first inning for the Brewers. So with Brandon Woodruff on the mound, he walks the first battery faces, Rafael Ortega. That brings up Nick Madrigal, who he hits with a pitch. Remember that. That becomes a storyline later on. So runners on at first and second for Wilson Contreras, who then walks. The bases are loaded, and it brings up Ian Happ. Crowd getting loud here at Wrigley. 3-2 pitch. Missed high, and it's a bases loaded walk for Happ, and the Cubs take a 1-0 lead. Yeah, so one nothing, and uh, Woodruff obviously struggling. He gets an out on a Frank Schwindel fielder's choice. That scores Nick Madrigal. It makes it a 2 nothing game. And then uh, Seiya Suzuki hits a sacrifice fly. That scores Wilson Contreras. That makes it a 3 nothing game after, uh, Jay, after excuse me, um, the, with the second out being recorded on that sacrifice fly, it brings up Patrick Wisdom with two outs. 3-2 pitch. There goes the runners. And it's a fly ball into right. Playable for Renfro. Broke back. Now the wind playing tricks on it. Racing in and makes the catch for Hunter Renfro. And that ends the inning. Tough inning for Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, he throws 40 pitches, and really he gets out of it somewhat cheaply, giving up just the three runs considering uh, how much he struggled with his command. That could have gotten much worse, but it was not good by any stretch of the mind. But the Brewers certainly not out of it. 3 nothing the score. It would stay that way until the bottom of the third inning. With one out, Ian Happ gets a base hit, then Frank Schwindel singles, so runners on at second and third for Seiya Suzuki. Infield plays a double play depth. They love a ground ball. The 1-0 swung on and blooped into center field. It's not very deep. In comes Taylor. He will dive forward. Can't get it. And that falls for a base hit. Seiya Suzuki. In from third comes Happ. It's 4-0 Chicago. After Jason Hayward strikes out for the second out, it once again brings up Patrick Wisdom. Looks back at second again. That's where Schwindel leads. The runners will go. They're off. 3-2. Swing and a miss. Got him with a breaking ball. That change up to strike out Wisdom back-to-back case for Brandon Woodruff. So Wisdom had the final out in both of the innings that the Cubs scored runs, leaving two runners on in each uh, inning. It's a 4-0 game. Looked like the Brewers might make a little bit of noise in the top of the fourth inning. It all gets started with Willie Adamas. If you play behind Justin Steele, you have to love his pace. He gets the ball and throws. 1-2 pitch, swung on line, center field. Falling fast and in for a base hit. Hard hit on a hop played by Jason Hayward, and Adamas will stop it first. He's got himself a leadoff single. And it brings up Christian Yelich. Line through the right side. Yelich pulls it through the shift. Base hit. Over to second goes Adamas. He will hold up there. Right fielder Suzuki got on it in a hurry. So back-to-back singles to begin the fourth on two very loud pieces of contact there by Adamas and Yelich. That's half of the Brewers' hits for the whole day right there. Two of them. So two on, nobody out. But then Hunter Renfro grounds out. Does move the runners up to second and third with one out. So Keston here at the plate, if he can get it off the infield, can score a run. He strikes out swinging. So two out for Tyrone Taylor. 4-0 Cubs. The 2-2 pitch. Taylor swings, foul tips it into the mid of Contreras. Strike three. A slider from Steele. Who records back-to-back punch outs to escape trouble here in the fourth. 
Remains a 4-0 game as we go to the bottom of the fourth, and Brandon Woodruff still pitching. First battery faces in the fourth, Nick and Nico Horner. He lines out, but then Rafael Ortega gets a double. Uh, after a line out from Nick Madrigal, brings up Wilson Contreras. He's hit by a pitch. Remember that one. Contreras getting hit by a pitch. That's happened a few times before. So two outs, and here's Ian Happ. Woodruff ready. Here comes the 3-2 pitch. Swung on ground at right side. Base hit. Out of the reach of Colton Wong and into right field. Around third Ortega. He will come in to score without a throw. And over to the third goes Contreras. RBI single Ian Happ, who's been aboard all three times he's been up there. It is 5-0 Cubs. It ends the day for Brandon Woodruff. New pitcher is Jose Urena. First batter he faces is Frank Schwindel. He walks and it brings up Seiya Suzuki. Contreras leads off of third, half from second, Schwindel from first, two out, the 3-0 pitch, fastball is low, ball four, he walked him, it's a free pass to Suzuki who drives in his third run of the day. Yeah, so for Urena, he really had a hard time finding the strike zone. He would have a wild pitch in the inning as well. That would allow Ian Happ to score as the Cubs score three runs on two hits in the fourth, and that makes it a 7-0 game. Justin Steele, the starter for the Cubs, he was just rolling along. He would throw five scoreless innings. New pitcher for the Cubs in the sixth inning is Keegan Thompson. Score, uh, throws a scoreless top of the sixth, bottom of the sixth inning. Jandel Gustave comes into the game. Gives up a base hit to Wilson Contreras, and then Ian Happ reaches on a fielder's choice with Contreras out at second. Frank Schwindel gets a base hit. Runners on at first and second. After a Suzuki strikeout, Jason Hayward walks, so it loads the bases for Patrick Wisdom. 3-2 pitch. Ground ball back up the middle. Long on the left side of the back. Bobbled, recovers the throw to first, is not in time. And two runs are going to score. That makes it a 9-0 game. That's the final, but there certainly was uh, more to come in this one. In the seventh inning, Trevor Gott is pitching for the Brewers, and uh, he gets out of it without giving up a run, but he does hit Ian Happ with a pitch. Happ goes down, goes down hard, has to, uh, it was his knee that got hit. He had to uh, come out of the game. So that was the third hit by pitch. Clearly, none of them were intentional, but it was three hit by pitches from Brewers pitches. So we go to the eighth inning. It is uh, still uh, pitching for the Cubs. Uh, Keegan Thompson, uh, he gets a couple outs, and it brings up Andrew McCutcheon. Two on pitch, and they hit him, and Andrew McCutcheon not happy. And he's turning and talking. And now the Brewers coming out of the dugout. Craig Council's not happy. He's talking to Nick Lentz. And there's no doubt what the intention was there. Yeah, zero intent. In fact, the pitch before was aimed at McCutcheon. It wasn't aimed well enough, and McCutcheon was able to get out of the way of it. And for some reason, Thompson didn't waste one on the outside or something. He went right back at McCutcheon. It was clearly intentional. You know that uh, you're going to see Thompson getting fined at some point on this one. There's no argument on what he was trying to do. Thompson ends up getting thrown out at the, after the bench is clear, and uh, things would kind of settle in after that. Score was 9 nothing. Nothing more would uh, really happen, and 9 nothing would be the final. Winning totals for the Cubs, 9 runs, 10 hits, no errors. They leave 11 for the Brewers. No runs, 4 hits, no errors. They leave 6. 
winning pitcher Steele. He's 1-0. Woodruff takes the loss. He's 0-1. No home runs. The game lasting three hours and 28 minutes played in front of a crowd of 30,369 folks. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We will preview the series finale, which is coming up tomorrow afternoon. We'll also get you some scores from around the NL Central and from around the Brewers minor leagues. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Just a few minutes left in the program. Brewers fall to the Cubs 9-0. They lose the series, and now they will try to avoid being swept in the series. Again, this was originally a four-game series, but with the postponement from yesterday, it gets turned into a three-game series, and they're going to uh, make up that postponement from yesterday later on in the season as part of a day-night doubleheader. Let's go around the NL Central. Only one other game has gone final in the division. Cardinals are now 2-0. They knock off the Pirates by a 6-2 score. Miles Michaelis got the start. He goes three and two-thirds innings. His pitch count got up to 77, and they pulled him out of the game. He gave up two runs on six hits, one strikeout, no walks. He does not factor into the decision. Paul DeYoung hit a home run for the Cardinals, who had a 10-hit effort all around. Nolan Arnato had a big game. He went four for four and he drove in uh, three runs early in the season. But uh, Arenado is hitting 625 to begin the season. So that's uh, that's pretty good for him. One other game in the division. Reds are in Atlanta to match up against the Braves. So far, this four-game series is even at one game apiece. The game had been scheduled to get started just a little while ago, but it is not yet underway because it is being delayed due to weather in Atlanta. Around the Brewers' minor league system, let's start with... With uh, the uh, Carolina Mudcats, they are at home against Down East, and Carolina right now is leading by an 8-2 score in the top of the seventh as Carolina is looking for a 2-0 start to the season. The Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, they're at home in the bottom of the eighth inning. They are trailing against Peoria 5-4. Wisconsin was being no-hit well into this game. They'd actually scored a couple runs without the aid of a hit, but they now have three hits on the board. Uh, This is their opener tonight, the first game that they have played this season. Double A Biloxi looking for a 2-0 start to the season. They're just underway in the top of the second inning at Pensacola. That game is scoreless. And then Nashville, they are going to uh, play tonight as they match up against Durham. Nashville has a 2-2 record. They've got Josh Lindblom on the mound this evening. Lindblom uh, making his first start of the season. And that's everything going on across the uh, Brewers minor leagues. Uh, As far as where just everything is sitting right now very early on obviously uh, in the NL Central but the Cardinals and the Cubs are the two 2-0 teams. The Reds are 1-1 the Pirates and the Brewers right now are 0-2 so uh, those are the two teams that are uh, looking for their first win. Still a lot of teams out there that are looking for their first win of the season Baltimore, Boston, uh, Minnesota, Cleveland, uh, the Angels, the A's, the Nationals uh, and the Colorado Rockies are all sitting on no wins this year so the Brewers certainly uh, through the first couple games of the season are not alone. And some of those teams that I mentioned uh, are expecting to have good seasons, especially a team like the Red Sox. So you don't make uh, too terribly much, that's for sure. You don't make too much out of a uh, slow start to the season, especially through just the first couple games of the year. Up. Uh, 
Brewers will try to avoid being swept in the series, and I think that's important. You don't want to get swept. One of the things that led the Brewers to so much success last year was their ability to come up with wins against divisional opponents, uh, especially until the final month of the season, if I remember correctly. The Brewers were really, really, really good uh, in terms of winning series against their divisional opponents. So you really, you've already lost the series. There's nothing you can do about that, but now you hope to at least salvage a game uh, before you head to Baltimore for a three-game series. Pitching matchup coming up tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be Freddie Peralta on the mound for the crew, and he's going to be opposed by Marcus Stroman. Stroman, one of the bigger additions for the Cubs. Same schedule as we had today. Tomorrow, it's going to be another 121st pitch. That means uh, coverage is going to begin at 1245. I'll first come your way at 12 o'clock with Brewers warm-up, and then we'll be back with you uh, coming up tomorrow for another edition of Brewers extra innings immediately following the game. Once again, Brewers, they end up losing to the Cubs today by a 9-0 score. Brandon Woodruff struggles, a benches clearing incident when Andrew McCutcheon is hit by a pitch, and we'll see how everything looks tomorrow when these two teams wrap up the series. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow at noon here on WTMJ.